we're live. Welcome to the Learn English Football Podcast with your hosts Tim and Tom. Hi Tim. Hi Tom. How are you today? Well, I'm okay, but um, it's been a disappointing couple of days for, for, for England and for all the teams I like in the European Championships. What about you Tom, how are you? I'm fine thanks actually, I'm looking forward to digging into the England performance against Scotland. I think that should be our first topic of discussion. Mm, yes, digging in. You mean getting involved? That's right. The the post match analysis or post mortem. The post mortem in this case, yeah. yes. I feel like a crime has was almost committed on Friday nights. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there's nothing worse for us um, than than seeing Scotland so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the best performance they've had since since maybe 1998, since they qualified. So fair play to Scotland. Um, yes, I would agree wholeheartedly with that, actually. I thought that Scotland were equal to England and they had enough chances to win it themselves. So, so I, I've, I'm not taking anything away from the Scottish performance. They deserve the draw and p- potentially more, but potentially the win. Yeah, and, and the good thing about the rivalry between England and Scotland is it is a friendly rivalry. I mean, it's not a hate or anything like that. So, you know, we laugh, we joke, we uh, we we take take the Mickey out of each other. What does that mean? Like, is that laugh in a horrible way or laugh in a nice way with somebody? Yes, it's more in a nice way. It's yeah. like you're you're having fun, you're making a little joke at the other person's expense, but not in a mean way. Yeah. So we like to take the Mickey out of each other, pull each other's legs, but um, but this when when they do something good and they did do it, it was a great result. We're happy to see it, really. Yes, this game actually is the oldest international fixture between two nations in the existence of football. It was the first international football uh, fixture, England and Scotland, and I have to say that the Scottish used to win it. Back in the 19th century, the Scottish were more dominant than the English. Yeah, I can't remember the exact totals, but we're winning, but not by as much as people would think. Mm. And in fact, um, we've not won many times in Scotland, and they've not won many times at Wembley. I think they've only won four times at Wembley in their history. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's a strong rivalry. It's been going for years and years and years. Um, should we move on? Should we talk about England? What did you think about England, um, the performance in general? I was disappointed. I was expecting England to win. They were playing at home at Wembley and they have a much stronger squad of players. So I expected an England victory, but actually by half time in the game, after 45 minutes, I changed my mind. I realised that it was a very even game and Scotland were very, very comfortable. So I was hoping that Gareth Southgate would make some changes at half-time, perhaps a change in the formation. Uh, But he didn't. He continued with exactly the same system and the draw became inevitable in the end. Nil-nil, we could say, yes, it was... We could predict it at half-time. Yeah, I, I I think so too. I think everyone was so excited after the Croatia game that uh, it's typical England, uh, we, we let our expectations go crazy and uh, the Scotland match was a, a reality check when you, when you realise exactly where you are. Um, I kind of want to talk firstly about, about Harry Kane because um, he, I mean, he's had a, a fantastic season again at Tottenham. Um, everyone was expecting him to score goals, he was the golden boot winner at the World Cup but he's hardly touched the ball so far. 
I mean, he looks he looks he looks half the player he usually is. Do you have any explanations as to why you think he might be playing like this? I think that Harry Kane works very well at Tottenham with a very dynamic midfield behind him. Players like Son and Lucas Moura, who often attack at pace and and counter attack. Uh, if you put Harry Kane into an England team where England are in possession of the ball, uh, he's perhaps less dangerous than when they are counter-attacking. Uh, and yes, it's this point of transitioning. I think England generally, along with many teams, are more dangerous when they transition from not having the ball and start a quick counter-attack. We couldn't do that against Scotland. That, that kind of brings me to what I was going to say on my next point, actually, was the the centre midfielders. I found the centre midfielders against Croatia were able to, to dominate the ball, to, to build a platform for our more attacking players to, to get into good positions and to receive the ball in dangerous positions. Could you clarify, build a platform? To build a platform, to, to create a position of, a, of strength to where you can, from that, from that strong position, create more danger. Do you see what I mean? Yes. So instead of getting the ball maybe really deep in midfield and not having a platform, building possession past the halfway line comfortably so you've got a platform to build an attack. Like a train station platform. If it wasn't for the platform, you wouldn't be able to get on the train, would you, Tom? <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I did thought that England midfield were enable, unable to, to build anything, to construct play, to put passes together, to move the ball forward, to absorb the Scottish pressure. Um, I thought it was like watching England from 20 years ago. I really did. Mm -hmm. found it quite upsetting. Yes, I have a theory about that. Go on. Some might say it's a conspiracy theory. Okay. But we did hear this in the bar on Friday. The question was, did England really want to win this game? The reason why we ask this question is because if England finish the game first in the group, then they will definitely play a team from the group of death. The group of death is Germany, France and Portugal. Yes, and Hungary, game. but probably one of the first three teams. If England finish second or third in the group, then they will find they are more likely to play against easier teams. If we finish second, we will f we will play um, the third, th no, the second place team from Spain's group. Mm -hmm, so that would be, be Spain, Sweden, Sweden Poland. Yes. Um, so I think that one of those or three. Slovakia, or Slovakia. Slovakia, yes. yeah, but I, I kind of discounted them. I didn't think they were <laughs> going to come in the top three. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so, I mean, who would you rather play? Sweden, Spain, Poland, probably not Spain, mm -hmm. or Portugal, France, and Germany. I mean, there's no competition. But, Tom, I must mm -hmm. stop you. I don't think it's in the mentality of football players to go out onto the pitch and not try and win. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I agree that every player wants to try and win. But what about the coach? What about Southgate at halftime? Because as I mentioned earlier, he could see that Scotland were very comfortable defending deep and stopping England's attacks. And it, it was his job to change up the tactics. But he chose not to do that. And that makes me think that secretly he's satisfied with a draw. And there's another reason for this. Some people say that the team should always play to win in the group stages. Actually, if you listen to professional players talking about tournament football, you will often find that they are more strategic about it. They try to, to use an idiom,
to keep their powder, their gunpowder dry. Mm -hmm. This means that they won't go for victories completely in the group stages. They want to qualify and progress to the next round. Saving their energies for when it matters most, you mean. That's right. Which brings us on to the England wingbacks. We substituted uh, our two fullbacks from the first game, Kieran Trippier and Kyle Walker, for Luke Shaw and... Uh, James, Rhys James. Rhys James, yes. Uh, I was happy with that, but I'm not sure if you liked it. No, I didn't like it at all. I thought it was um, totally unnecessary. Partly because... Um, what? Why? Why? I mean, the fullbacks are a crucial part of um, of a team. They integrate with the defence, they integrate with the midfield, they integrate with the attack. Um, and I don't see that that Trippier or, or Kyle Walker have such specialist abilities that they were only their abilities were only suitable for for the Croatian match. I think if if they've worked against Croatia and possibly when we face, we're going to face stronger teams later in the competition, mm -hmm. what's the what's the point of of changing it and trying to find a new dynamic? For one or two games, mm -hmm. especially in games we should be winning anyway, we shouldn't have to change our fullbacks to beat a team ranked so far below us. With all due respect, I disagree, and I only disagree because I think England are blessed. By blessed, I mean they are very fortunate in that they have four high-quality fullbacks. I think any of those fullbacks could be starting for England, and I expect to see them changed uh, through the next games if England qualify for the next stages. <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, but I, I, do, I, I do think that um, an integrated player is better than an unintegrated player. Uh, and, and by that, I mean, you know, if, if our four wing-backs are top quality, and I do agree we are blessed at wing-back, um, then I think just pick the ones that you want to play and back them, keep on playing them, because then all the relationships around them get stronger. And, and so many things that fo in football are automated relationships, sort of knowing where your teammate is under a certain situation, things like that. So I think, I think Southgate needs to, needs to be brave, decide who he wants to play and play them, and accept any criticism that comes his way from the media. Mm -hmm. But talking about media criticism, Tom, back to your conspiracy theory idea. Um, about Southgate seeing that it was nil-nil and not changing the game. Look at the criticism the England team's taking now. Southgate could have anticipated that criticism by not beating Scotland. So I think I think it's it's difficult for anyone to, to send the team out not to win. I get what you're saying. From a tactical point of view, in the tournament, we are in a better position almost, having not won. But I think from a, from a momentum point of view, and by momentum I mean the, the power you build through winning, um, from a momentum point of view, I think England are possibly in a worse position. But, you know, it's very easy for us to sit here and criticise, but I also think we should think about solutions. Um, how could this midfield be more creative? And I think one player we've both spoken about is, uh, is Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish, yes. The thing I think we all love about Jack Grealish is he's hungry for the ball. He always wants to come and receive the ball and take players on. When I say take players on, I mean he tries to dribble the ball past players. To run past them, yeah. He's very, very good at it. Actually, he wins a lot of fouls in dangerous areas of the pitch for free kicks. So this is what Jack Grealish will give to your team, but someone will have to be taken out. Would that be Phil Foden or Raheem Sterling or 
uh, Mason Mount? Well, this is an interesting th- question because when Grealish has come on uh, for England recently, he's been playing on the left, and I, I think it's quite easy to defend him on the left because you can you can just push him wide and 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 push some uh, some defenders over there and, and really cancel out his danger. But if we played him either instead of Mount or maybe pushed Mount into back deeper in midfield and, and played Grealish at the point of midfield um, as an attacking midfielder, then I think it would be much harder to defend against us. And I also think it would be much easier for him to be the orchestrator. And by the orchestrator, I mean the person who conducts a play. If you imagine a big musical group, there's always one person who tells everyone when to when to yes. make their sounds, and I think Jack Grealish could be that person. When you say orchestrator, I think of Pirlo for the Italian yeah, exactly. team, or uh, could it be Xavi for the Barcelona exactly. team? We knew that Scotland were going to sit deep. We should have had a plan for that. Mm-hmm. Someone who wanted the ball, someone who was going to maybe lose the ball, but lose the ball trying positive things. Um, I think we needed to play much more direct, riskier football in that second half. When we knew, I mean, after ten minutes in the second half, it was obvious Scotland had limited ambition. Um, and if we keep on playing the way we're playing at the moment, then we know we've watched decades of England, Tom. We know this is a quarter-final team mm-hmm. unless we change something. So for me, I prefer to take a risk, change something, and try and win it. Than, than go out in the quarterfinals mm. losing to Portugal or Germany on penalties like usual. <laughs> yes, I, I, I would like to push back against one point you make though about momentum. I think that momentum can develop later in a tournament. It's possible for a team to, uh, to lose their first game or to, to start slowly in the group stages and then build momentum through the elimination stages of the tournament, the last 16, the quarters, the semis. So I still think that uh, signs are promising for not just England, but any of the teams that have started slowly. This is tournament football and it requires a different mentality. I think think you're right, Tom. I think you're right. That's all we've got time for today. Um, As always, it's been an absolute pleasure. You've got to remember, if you're listening and you want to extend your learning, on our website, leftpod.com, that's L-E-F-P-O-D, we've got lots of podcast notes, learning materials to test your listening comprehension, maybe even prepare yourself for an exam. Uh, It's really worth going on the website and exploiting all the materials we've got. And remember, if you want to tell a friend, the more listeners we've got, the better. It'll be fantastic. So that's all from me, Tim. And all from me, Tom. See you next time.